Hello guys and welcome to the Concept4 podcast. I am your host Webster Mugavazi and this is episode 4. Today I talked to Bruno Grillo who is a cinematographer based out of Portugal. Um, he's a very cool guy, we went to film school together and I really enjoyed talking about his craft. Uh, we discussed our love for film, we talked about sci-fi, we talked about narrative versus commercial work and yeah it was just a really cool fun conversation and I hope you guys get something from it. Um, but before the episode begins, I'd just like to remind you that if you like these conversations, then please go and give me a thumbs up on iTunes, leave a nice review, or just follow on whatever platform that you are listening on. It would be very much appreciated. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bruno Grillo, and I am uh, a cinematographer, and you're listening to Concept4 Podcast. Everything started at home because my father is a photographer. I mean, he's now retiring, but he's a photographer. And I always had this, uh, although my parents were divorced, I mean, it put me in touch with his work and he traveled a lot and it really raised my curiosity to, you know, to traveling and working abroad and, you know, all this fancy, charming life. Sometimes it's not that charming, but charming life is just, you know, having a camera and then being all over the world. So I think that kind of really influenced me, and because at home we had a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of like cameras and photo books and etc. So that definitely was part of the process. But filmmaking came after because I decided to study photography against my father's will, which is kind of interesting. So he said like he's a photographer, but he said like no, I don't want you to be a photographer because he knows all the you know all the difficulties of being a freelancer, I guess. So you wanted yeah. a bit more of a stable job for me, like, why don't you study, you know, what, 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 why, why don't you want to be a lawyer or something? I was like, no, why? I don't right, think so. Right. So, and then I just decided to study photography. And then from then it was actually a, a, a discovery that I really preferred to, you know, filmmaking. What was it about moving picture versus stills that you thought, okay, right, this is for me? I mean, I... I'm definitely in love with stills, but it's something that I really keep in a in an intimate space, you know, in my in my free time, in my like personal projects, and something that I've been developing. But mm -hmm. but there was a moment when I decided to do, or I started to do, you know, it just happened to be in a, in a lot of film sets doing behind the scenes photography for you know for the same school that I studied photography. They had like a lot of other areas, more or less like you know, film schools uh, all over the world. Um, so it was like, it was, I was studying photography and then I actually got in touch with the people that were studying like video and film. And they asked me to just do some behind the scene photos. And I did a, a few like short films. And I really, really, really got intrigued by the film set and by the teamwork that you actually don't have in right. photography most of the time, you know, unless you're mm -hmm. like a big photographer and, you know, yeah, and Annie Leibovitz, and you got like all these assistants, and you know, fancy equipment, etc. But it's still like a pretty much like a, a solitary decision process uh, yeah. in photography. And I mean, that's actually that's how it started. I mean, I, I always loved films, but I, in a in a very like um, amateur sense, you know, in the sense like really loved them, but not in the sense that I thought about doing them. But then I, when I visit the film set, it really changed to me. It, um, 
you know, it was just like, uh, it's just like, what is this, you know, and what is this guy doing? Yeah. Camera and yeah. lights and, you know, it yeah, felt like, yeah. it felt like a, an upgrade to the photography work in a lot of senses, especially like when you create stuff like as a director of photography. So I, right. I mean, that started to be my dream, you know, and then, mm -hmm. and then I started to, then I went to study one year of video, you know, and camera and lighting and very basic stuff. And I started working as a camera operator along, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, you're totally right about um, photography in that it is very much a solitary uh, craft. You know, you're kind of in your mind, you're searching, you're walking around, you're looking. And if you're doing it commercially, sometimes you're still also <coughs> doing it alone. Um, but the teamwork element of filmmaking, it's just a different energy. You know, you can't really make a great film. I mean, you can make a good film on your own, but you can't make a great film on your own. And there's that teamwork element that makes it special. I did study photography as part of my high school. So it was like this very vocational course I decided to take. Um, and then I did one year of film, a video. I mean, this is like camera and lighting for TV and film and whatever, but it was more like TV, uh, more like TV cameras and video cameras. And from then I started working as a freelancer, like in small TV, you know, TV shows, yeah. not like the entertainment, big entertainment stuff, but more like small units outside, sometimes yeah, directing, yeah. sometimes just, I mean, I started by assisting uh, with, a, right. with an amazing, you know, like kind of camera operator director that I, that I, you know, that I still, it's still one of my mentors today. You know, it's like really a guy that I respect a lot, Manuel. Oh, and wow. So I, 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 you know, I did, I did this and I working on in TV. Then I started editing as well. You know, I did like, you know, all my corporate stuff. So I did all my, you know, a lot of stuff. So it kind of built my base. I feel, you know, like when, when I, when I, when I'm on film sets, I do think about like the editing process, you know, it's not, it's not part, you know, it's not an isolated part. I think all DPs must think about that, but yeah, you know, it's absolutely. like, it, so it's good to have this fair bit of experience, even though it's like corporates and, you know, and all sorts of stuff like yeah, yeah. entries that I did my on my own. It's like, it's, uh -huh. it's it really built my, you know, like um, my path. And then I, uh, you know, I did this for, I started working as a camera operator and all this, you know, mode with like all these things in um, 2006. And and, and, you know, I've been a freelancer until 2000, doing this until 2015, 16, when I joined the, um, the National Film and Television School, where we met, actually. I wanted to know whether you had any sort of influences besides your studies, whether they were in films uh, or you talked about your mentor that really pushed you to pursue uh, cinematography. I I, rem I do remember people telling me, no, you're a cinematographer. And I was like, nah, I'm a camera operator, man. I'm just like, you know, I couldn't see that. But <laughs> right. I do. I did have people that I started working with, you know, where I did my, this kind of jobs. And um, they kind of like probably saw something that I still don't know. And I was actually, you know, thinking a couple of days ago, it's just like, you know, these people that really influence your path. And it seems like some of the people do see more stuff than you actually see yourself. And that's really, really right. an, an interesting process. I think what really influenced me to, to you know, to to join, to join the path of of the cinematographer in a way, let's call it this way, uh, it was like I was getting a bit fed up with, you know, with some 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 of these jobs and TV jobs, especially here where I was, was involved. Even though like there was a great amount of work 
done by everyone. There was like not, you know, excellence was not the thing. You know, right. it, it, things in TV, you, you watch it once and that's it. Unless you're actually watching, you know, TV series, but that's different. That's not like TV entertainment or TV, whatever, TV news, uh -huh. et cetera. Every, you know, if it's out of focus, it's out of focus. And right. that really, this detail started to really bugging me off. And I felt like, no, we need to do it again. No, we need to do it again. And I felt like this really just made me think that I'm really done with this. And I need something that it's really the next level. And, right. and, and then, I mean, and by a really interesting episode, I just joined the NFTS. And I just uh, thought like, well, why don't I apply to the film school? And then let's see, you know, because I really want, this is my dream, even though I never really done it, you know, in the full sense of the word. It's like being responsible for your team, being responsible in the film set. Um, yeah. But there was like kind of a dream, a distant dream that I never managed to pursue because I had a lot of work back then. I did have another mentor. So I feel like I had three or four mentors that along the way I worked with as an assistant. And there was this yeah. guy that, that I worked and he did like uh, some music videos, some showcases that I, I mean, he was like directing and uh, um, shooting and like photographing it in the sense, you know, like doing the lights, etc. And I was the only assistant and it was like in the time of the 5Ds and we had like three or four or five Ds on set. And the guy was like, just running the show. And I was literally just the assistant, but really, really trying to be his right arm. You know, even telling me, yeah. telling him like, just, you know, just, just chill out a bit, just go and have some food. I take care of this, you know, you know, just like really yeah. being with him, like as, uh, really supporting him. And he was, he was like probably the first cinematographer I really worked with, even though it was like a very integral sense of like directing cinematographer. So I felt like he really, he was like someone that I really looked up to, you know? Um, so yeah. he kind of influenced me in that sense. I do think like in whatever you do, you know, there's people that you really connect with uh, and they're really good, even though, you know, this Manuel, this guy is like, it's probably one of the, one of the best camera operators I know, you know, it's just like, I call him the crane man because he's just like so stable, you know, and he's always <laughs> right, thinking right. about, because he's a director. So he's always thinking about the next cut, the transition, you know, stuff yeah. like stuff like this. So it really like, you know, is a mentor in the sense that I could really, he's a friend as well. So it really like helps me, you know, and I did talk with him this week in, in, in about cameras and stuff. And, you know, we, we, I do bounce like some ideas with, with these people. And I do think you need to uh, take advantage in a good way, you know, of the people that you do work with and they have more experience. And that's really yeah. the people, even if they don't do the thing they really want to do, but that's like, it's really precious, you know, to, to get hold of these people and just to, you know, to really learn with these people. That's what I feel in my, you know, in my process. So now that you're out of film school and you're working professionally uh, across narrative and commercial, what, what are the differences in process for you as a cinematographer? Fortunately, I've worked a lot in the past two years and a half. It's just been more like commercials than narrative. And that's the sad part because I do, I mean, I do look up to be like a, uh, you know, a film and narrative uh, DP more than, you know, most of my time and then, you know, do commercials because it, it is fun. But I think, I think there's a different time and pace to film and there's a different approach uh, to film. And it's, I would say that it's more tried, more like three-dimensional. Um, okay. Film is more three-dimensional. 
because it involves a lot of emotion in narrative, in characters, in stories, in plots, and you know, in 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 spaces, in everything. I do connect with film. That's how I I get invested in film. You know, like in in a script, it's like it's what is the running emotion here? What is this? You know, what is the arc of the character? The character. You know, there's a lot of work that you do, and it's like takes much longer, and it's more much more deep in this sense. You know, so it's it's I'd say like short films would be like fifteen minutes let's say and then um and then uh features would be longer you know but you need to prepare for this it's a really long process on the other side like commercials i would say it's more the dimensional in the sense that it's it's more the visuals that really work uh they they need to impress visually or you know or sound or whatever but it needs to be like it needs to get your attention immediately you know there's even yeah. like 10 yeah. you know there's even like tv commercials now with 15 seconds that's something that's been happening in the past years i feel um i yeah. know you know and it's just like it needs to get your attention straight so it needs to be sexy so and, yeah. and this is a really really different uh fields and i do feel like i do feel like one it's not doesn't work against the other in you know, as a cinematographer, I don't, don't feel that, but it does build yourself in with different tools, you know, but I do feel like you do need to distinguish them. Like, I mean, I do work differently in, in, in both, you know, so yeah. that's so really you, this difference. So you've done some commercials for some really big brands such as Levi's and Vodafone. Can you True. talk to me about the process of how you work with the director specifically, let's say for the Levi's commercial. Um, lots of locations. Uh, it's very energetic, very beautiful piece of work, by the way. Um, what's that process like from, you know, being attached to the project right through from pre-production to uh, uh, when you finish, probably in the grade? Can you talk us through that process and uh, what conversations you're having and everything? I think with the Levi's, if I remember well, it was, you know, it's like these guys that I really never worked with before and they just called me up. I knew them, but they just called me up and then it was like probably a week to the shoot. And really? The rec- yeah, yeah. And pretty much like the recce had been done and I was like late in the process. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just replacing someone. I don't know. I don't ask this, but maybe it was just like, it's, it's the way it is. Like commercials just like, you know, you just get like a briefing and then you have to shoot the next week. So yeah. a lot of the locations had been kind of uh, figured out. And, but there was a lot of like, so these guys, they're really, 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 I really like to work with them. It's like called Kinema. Kinema, like they work, uh, you know, around, but they're like Portuguese. And the producer studied cinematography in the, um, you know, in the um, uh, film school, the National Film School here. And that's that's really interesting point because he knows what time of the day you're, you know, you're able to shoot to get like good stuff or not. So there's like a discussion we didn't have because he already had that plan. So right. it, it came to me to kind of like shape it up in the end. Uh, you know, they really kind of had already a research process. So I, I did in, let's say in this week I had until the shoot, I did research a lot. It was a really fast process. I really researched a lot of like films, you know, like cool films, brand films that would just, go around a lot of locations, you know, like sunsets, uh, 
uh, dawns, you know, uh, moving camera, um, you know, it had cars, it had motorbikes, it had skate, it had like chefs in the cuisine. Uh, you know, that's like a lot of stuff. I did research a lot and then I put together like my inspirations, you know, all these uh, Vimeo links and like amazing, you know, cinematographer work and, you know, director work that really could just help shape up what they had done uh, until then. And then it was like most of the time I, I had just arrived to the place on the day and I, I had just the gear I had and I just nailed it. You know, I had to nail it. I mean, and I, I, I'm really... <laughs> well, you did nail it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it was just, but I do feel like I, I'm really happy with that project because it, it was really like, because it was like all this improvising and then in the end it just paid yeah. off. And it was because yeah, yeah, it yeah. was not only because of me, but I feel like, you know, Marcio, the director and then Pedro, the producer, they already, you know, they, they know what works. And then that's like, we work together and then I got involved and I just did the extra push you know, to make yeah. things work. The so cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, the kind of project you love to work with because you don't need to be fighting against, you know, shooting like at uh, noon, which is I know. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It, we already had the, <laughs> the schedule. It's like, oh, we're starting to shoot every day, 4 p.m. So that was it. Right. And then we went until like 3, 4 a.m. because there was a lot of interiors. So it was like, uh, you know, there's the good projects that, you know, tend up to be cool. And so, so this was a project where you could have, uh, you kind of came uh, quite late into it. Can you tell me about a project where you do start from the very beginning? Um, and how, because you mentioned uh, you're using a lot of Vimeo links and showing videos and everything. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to know uh, for, for anyone listening, you know, how do you create the language for whether it's, yeah, let's, let's call it a commercial um, when you have a blank slate and you're starting from, let's say, a script, uh, how does that process work for you visually? So on the other hand, a project that really came early and is it's actually, you know, uh, Vodafone. I really came, you know, the other big, bigger brand kind of I, I saw. I really came early in the project because the director really approached me straight. And, and it's a good example in the sense that it was very collaborative. Um, and me and the director shared a, a lot of like influences, films, photography, and, you know, and we we just had this idea, you know, it's just like, you know, it's not every day that it was actually his first Vodafone film. Then he did like, after this, he did like a lot of international Vodafones, but it, I mean, it was my first Vodafone and his as well in, in Portugal. So it was like, it was like kind of big brand, you know, and you take it as, you know, a big chance. Uh, because it's not every day and not everyone that managed to do it, you know, that's, that's the truth. And we did work a lot, like we did a lot of researches. I probably have like the mood board here. It's like, it's, it was very complete and it's, and it's, it was really interesting process because it involved emotion because it's like this one minute, 10 seconds, which is, you know, the long projects, <laughs> commercial long projects, but it had like <laughs> this, it had a character. There's like a father that was stressed by a girl by his daughter that was going out and he couldn't sleep and it was just like around the house you know just waiting for her to to show up and then he listens to an ambulance he just goes to the balcony and then you know he just tries to get his man his mind uh away from you know the stress of having you know a teenager daughter away and i could relate to that you know and i feel like it was a very 
you know, it was a very good starting point because the script was already inspiring in the sense, you know, there was this, you know, it's not only visual, it needed to be to show some emotion, which is the thing that I do get, you know, um, invested by in the end and a lot of people. So we did share a lot like images, just pu uh, pure like images, photography, you know, um, I can't remember a lot of the photographers, but I do, I do, I do work a lot with photography more when it's narrative, because I guess I have more time to think about it, but, yeah, yeah. um, and it's more, it's less sexy, you know? So I do like photojournalism. It comes from my base, you know, from my teenage times, just looking at photography, a lot of photography. Oh, okay. And, um, and, you know, we did share a lot of stuff and then a lot of links and, you know, even like, uh, films. So it was like a very complete and, and a longer process in the sense, you know, of uh, prep. You mentioned that you gra uh, you gravitated towards the Vodafone project uh, because it was relatable. Um, is that something you want to work towards when it comes to narrative as well? What is it that attracts you to that as a medium instead of the commercial work? I do. I mean, let me just say this. I love my commercial work and I do want yes. to have my commercials because yeah. I do learn a lot from it. That's it. It's just like... And it's, yeah, yeah. But definitely, you know, narrative would be... You know, it's it's ultimately why I got into cinematography. So you know, it still right. is, and I feel like I really, what you can tell, like in terms of narrative that you can't tell commercially. It's like, it's like urgent and you know, socially and political stories that really don't come out elsewhere. You know, and yeah, even sometimes not in the news or you know, it's just like I feel like I feel like having projects that you relate to for me it's actually it's it's like having my own script you know it's like knowing how to navigate um you know those stories so in a sense like for example i'm not a very sci-fi guy you know i'd be a, a bit lost you know if, if you know doing like sci-fi stuff i mean i wouldn't do it i would do it probably and i would just like learn but i would probably yeah. not relate to it at first, as I probably right, gotcha. relate to, you know, like socially, uh, social dramas, you know, or so socially and political dramas, like world cinema, how you call it, no? but like uh, foreign cinema, you know, and like uh, cultural dilemmas, you know, I studied anthropology yeah. in, I mean, I didn't tell you, but I studied anthropology and this is like a big part of like how I try to read stuff. So I study like cultural anthropology and, and it's like, I have a big interest in, you know, in trying to read the, um, you know, trying to read culture and trying to read like political stuff, like trying to go to the basis and not really just reading it, you know, and analyzing it on the surface. So I think like yeah. film is like a wonderful, you know, tool to do this and just to explore contradictions, dilemmas, you know, and, um, and, to get involved with, um, you know, with things that you wouldn't get involved normally. So that's definitely something that really attracts me. I definitely uh, know what you're speaking to, uh, especially when it comes to speaking uh, or addressing things that maybe bother you, but you can't um, engage with directly in the real world. I mm -hmm. think that's, you know, as, as a storyteller, whether you're a DP or you're a writer or you're a director, you get to comment and you get to make a statement about all that stuff in a way that people can feel and understand. 
uh, without, say, having to go to war, <laughs> you know, or having yeah, yeah, to yeah. go for a protest or whatever. And we're True. seeing a lot of great films um, right now. Um, I'm seeing a lot of great short films online uh, about uh, climate change, about uh, Black Lives Matter movement, about mm-hmm. all these major social um, and environmental issues that, you know, I guess all of us at some level, we feel powerless to address, but through film, um, it can be communicated uh, and shared with the masses. True. So I totally, uh, I totally feel that about, you know, gravitating towards projects uh, that you that you uh, feel connected to. It's a shame, though, that you're not into sci-fi because I'm a big sci-fi nerd. <laughs> I mean, I am uh, not. Yeah, I, it just like, doesn't click. But I, I did. Oh, no, I mean, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I, I won't even tell you uh, the films that I didn't watch because I'll get judged. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm maybe, <laughs> it's just, it just didn't click. I'm... Um, Right, know, right. A bit more yeah. of a, I don't know. Now I'm curious, which films haven't you watched? Let's so let's get it out let, into the public. <laughs> let me let me get like my public uh, public what, lynching uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't watch the Star Wars tram uh, like saga. I didn't. I mean, okay. I tr- I I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. Yeah, I tr- yeah. I mean, I tried. You tried. But I fell asleep three okay, times. Okay. On the first ones, maybe I was too too. Maybe I still need to watch it, you know. But I, I just yeah yeah. It just didn't click with me. I just can't really relate with that world, you know. Maybe yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. and that, I don't know. I just think I'm I'm a bit more like connected with the more documental, realistic, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and like uh, yeah, you know, and then like social stuff. I, I I just don't judge it, but I have been judged quite a few times, especially in films, because like what how come yeah yeah and i feel like i get well that. <laughs> i mean and then i just uh, you know i just um i feel like a bit yeah people shit. at film school love to have those uh conversations about oh, have you seen this film and if you say no it's like oh my goodness exactly <laughs> how That's... dare you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. How i understand come, that how come you're here if you haven't watched that yeah. like, <laughs> what is, is that because like... i want to make films <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll name a couple of films, and you can tell me if you've seen them or not. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> no, but these are these are they're not like Star Wars. They're they're more modern, so I think okay, it'd okay, be more cool. likely that that you've seen them. Um, Avatar. Yes. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Okay. I I, okay. I mean I was like I was I, I had good fun. Um, it was long. Okay. I watched it in cinema. I mean, it was like I yeah. don't know when it came out, but it's like long time ago. And my memory for films sometimes is just like I just lack a bit. It's just like the ending. I just don't remember the ending sometimes. Yeah, but it's because it yeah, yeah, yeah. touches me. But I did. Um, I do remember, and I don't know. I I don't have like strong opinions about it, but it's just like it was entertaining. Okay, I would say entertaining. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um an experience. That's the thing, right? Yeah. With James Cameron. Um, how about have you seen Prometheus? No, I think oh, I I've zapped dude. through it. I think I've zapped through oh, it, and I was okay. just like, uh, and then I just zapped away. Oh, I need to sit you down next. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, <laughs> next, next time we're in the same country, we need to we need to sit down and watch Prometheus. Uh, yeah, was, I love that film. No, uh, I'll okay, take notes. Okay. I'll take notes. Prometheus. I have a lot of films to <laughs> yeah, watch. Please. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same, man. Same. The list is ever growing. Um, have you seen Arrival? Yes. 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 Okay. It's, uh, it's one of that my sounds... top top films of the last decade. But that's sci-fi. Uh, but a very <laughs> different take on sci-fi. See, it's like it's more like I can relate to it because it just brings like human 
you know, human, um, uh, human shared problems, you know, it's more like, yeah, I think yeah. it's more about humans than it's actually about like aliens. That's why, that's why I loved it so much. Cause I, I, I guess it's two stories. Uh, one story is the, uh, internal struggle of this woman as she's discovering what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the struggle of, you know, the past and the present. True. Um, but then you've also got the alien story, uh, which is this sort of macro scale global situation that she's part of and trying to solve. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you're right about about it being a cool. It's a good sci-fi because it's not embedded in the the special effects or the aliens. Yeah, uh, that's part of the story. But really, it's you know, it's about communication. It's about yeah. the, the the issues that we say that we have to solve as a global community. You know, talking to each other, something so simple, communication. I would say is probably what that film is about. Right. Very well said, man. Very well said. You're um, a great communicator, Webster. <laughs> I don't know about that. You are, you are. Well, let me tell <laughs> but you But I'll now. take it. In your podcast, you're a great <laughs> communicator, and I do love to listen to you. Ah, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I think with science fiction in general, it's, you know, science fiction is, I think, uh, I think it was like Ursula Le Guin said, um, it, it's, it's a metaphor for something else. You know, it's mm-hmm. not always mm-hmm. about the aliens coming to destroy us or, uh, you know, we're traveling to another planet because earth is burning down. There's usually like subtext, mm-hmm. um, or an allegory, uh, which is what makes it fun for me. Anyway, those are the films that I love. Um, like Prometheus. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. with Avatar, I think you're right. I only like it because it's super entertaining and I cannot wait for the next, um, next films to come. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's there's levels to this shit. Yeah, as they yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. Um, okay, so what do you what what were some of the films that influenced you? Um, what are your some of your favorites, and can you tell me why? Maybe from particular DPs or from particular directors. That's like that. Those questions are so difficult to me. You know, I just okay. never. I can never remember. I've made the list for myself. Oh, you know? gotcha. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not for this. I just have it here. I just have a like. Let me see favorite directors, and because when people ask me, I'm like, I just my mind just like, yeah, well, I remember the last ones, but no, definitely there's like films that were structural to me, structural to me. Um, yeah, uh, my favorites. I do. I mean, in in the, the last, you know, in the last decade, I've really enjoyed a few directors, and yeah, more than DPs to be honest. You know, I'm not really a DP geek and sometimes people just follow DPs. Oh, interesting. I, I literally follow directors and I do know their collaborations. I mean, that's how I really read it because for example, I love Inaritu films until the point that he started to work with Chivo. You know, I have sorry Chivo. But um but I do love Inarito and uh you know his films with um with Rodrigo Prieto which I feel they're a right, bit more right. connected to, you know, it's like, it's less techy and more like, you know, more like social dramas that uh, again. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And, you know, Babel, it's one of my favorite films. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say Babel is one of my favorite films. Uh, you know, Beautiful as well from Inarito is one of my favorite films. You know, like his previous stuff as well. But I can't really relate to the last stuff he'd done. Um, but I also love Steve McQueen and um, Sean Bobbitt. Yeah, you yeah. know, like Hunger, Shame, Twelve Years Slave. I think it's like one of my top films ever. I just feel like you know, that's like I can, I just love their collaboration. Like it's always the same DP until now, 
Uh, and yeah. you know, and it's like, it's just like films that stick with you literally, you know, and it doesn't yeah. really have anything showy in terms of cinematography, but mm. the cinematography works for the story, you know, and this may be like the cliche of cinematographers that, you know, you know, like that you listen from some people that's like, yeah, you don't want to get noticed. Of course, everyone get wants his work to be recognized, but you know, yeah. this, there's like the good collaborations. I feel like the, the best, the, you know, the best DPs, they do add value, but they do it in, 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 in to the story. You know, they don't just, you know, flash a light. Um, so uh, Steve McQueen and Sean Bob, it's incredible. I've said in Arito and Rodrigo Prieto. I love this guy that, uh, I don't know how to say the name. It's Zviang. Gitsiev, Zvangies, I don't know, sorry. Uh, so there's this guy that shot, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that film, it's a Russian guy that filmed the re, uh, call, a film called Loveless. Loveless, it's Loveless. his last film, and Leviathan, Russian films, like very like heavy social dramas. But it's right, just right. incredible, you know, and it's just like the, um, the level, uh, you know, um, the depth to the story and, and, you know, and the way the camera is set and, you know, the story, the, the characters, etc. I just, I just tend to, you know, to follow these guys. So I do tend to follow like, you know, a few directors that I kind of, I kind of like follow their work. And uh, the last one, I would say, you know, uh, Vilnov with prisoners and, you know, and Sicario yeah. and then like, there's yeah, something yeah, to yeah. it. And, uh, and I'm not sure if Prisoners is from Roger Deakins, but it's uh, I do love like as a DP, I'd probably say like Deakins. It's my I believe it is my yeah. And Deakins is probably my go-to favorite cinematographer because he's just like such a master. How do you continue to learn when the technology is moving so fast? Uh, when there is so much uh, being put out every single year? When the you know you're seeing new techniques, new lighting, new everything. Like, what focuses you, and how do you know you're taking the right steps uh, to develop personally as a DP? I'll be honest. I don't really follow technology that much. I think there's right. I know. I, I think film film equipment has come to a very very good like incredible standard, and 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 I mean and. I haven't had access to, you know, the latest uh, fashions, you know, large formats, etc. It's something that I'm still um, learning, but I still haven't been able to, to you know, to go for a hands-on uh, because the projects I've been involved haven't been able to, you know, to just get the equipment. So I just, I literally try not to lose a lot of time with technology in that sense. I'm more interested in learning about light you know, and just, uh, and, you know, and not even like lighting equipment, you know, I'm just more interested to learn like the physics and, and, you know, how to improve in this sense, but it doesn't really, I don't know. I'm not a very techie guy. I'm sorry to, uh, to disappoint in a way, because I do feel like this is such a big part of the industry now. It's like, you know, all the new lenses, all the new lights, all the new, you know, all the new cameras. And I think I found yeah. like favorites. That I'm really comfortable with, and yeah, and I gravitate towards them. And I think slowly, you know, because like things are so fast. I mean, 
and you know and i have a daughter and and things are just like impossible to keep up with at the at the moment yeah, so i just yeah. like i just I, I i make my choices i'm happy you know i uh you know the, the, the only problem i find here and have to be honest like when i don't have budgets to shoot with the standards so that just brings me to a level of like 10 amazing cameras that i don't really you know imagine i, I can't shoot with the, with the alexis which would be my you know go to every day you know right uh, camera yeah yeah if I if I don't shoot with an Alexa or if I don't have the budget to shoot with an Alexa, which sometimes does happen with passion projects, you know, and even that Levi's project was not an Alexa. It was really well disguised, but it's not an Alexa. Um, I just sometimes find difficulty to find, you know, what's the what what is the good camera that really can take me and get me the stuff. But I think I found it already now, um, you know. Right. And I kind of like tend to tend to like choose cameras that I really like more than all the Kodaks and you know all these like uh, you know all settings that gives me a good texture. I you know Alexa gives me give me a good texture. The C two hundred RAW gives me a good texture. You know like skin texture. Mm -hmm. You know like skin tones like colors etc. And then I just you know I try to use these. If I can't, I just use the other stuff. But I try not to be too much bothered to following you know like you know equipment the latest trends yeah because i guess the thing is that with with equipment you can yourself as a as a storyteller can only be so good uh whether you have the best uh most up-to-date fancy imax camera or you have uh, let's say a, a gh5 the story you're telling is going to be the same <laughs> one might look better uh, on the surface but ultimately you know the angles you choose uh, the way you light it um you know what you're doing with the camera as a dp is what really matters right yeah definitely and you do need to, i mean and there's like a few tricks i feel like uh, i go to when i need to you know have another camera that i don't really like or it's just a bit more you know like that doesn't have so much like you know, such a good like uh, file or whatever. I try to go around it and, you know, but yeah, but definitely I think if it gives you like a good, decent image, you know, then it's like, it's what's in front of it. And sometimes, you know, I'd say like probably a, art, a good art department, it's more, um, it's, 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 um, it gives more value to my images than, uh, um, um, a determined camera, you know, because art department yeah. is actually what builds this, the frame, you know, if you're actually indoor, you know, interior, it's just like, it's the art department. Of course, the camera will give you like great images and texture, but if you have like a shit art department or no art department at all, the best camera won't give you, you know, like an amazing wallpaper. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, I don't know. I try to, I try to, you know, not to think about tech a lot how much time are you spending on passion projects? Uh, not just right now, but uh, let's say generally, how much time are you spending on passion projects um, uh, in order to, to do stuff that you really want to do? And how important is that to you? I, I don't spend enough. That's what I'd say. And that's, you know, that's something that I feel like uh, that I need to kind of change, like the way I approach my passion projects, because I do just, they're like, in the bottom bottom of the list 
and you know there's always a lot of stuff to do and prep and you know and family and in the end it's actually the projects that get forgotten but they're probably the most important in the end you know it's like the people the things you'll show to people like you know along the way and um and i do have a few that i need to pay a bit more uh, attention but i haven't actually been working on them a lot but so I started working on, started visiting an, uh, a village in the north of Portugal. I started doing field work there 10 years ago. It's now the 11th year. Right. And I go there like every year for a couple of weeks. And it's just been an ongoing project that it's just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's more than a project because I do feel like I'm part of the village. But it's like with every time I go there, I have new ideas and I keep shooting stuff, you know, and whatever camera I have. Yeah, yeah. And this year, uh -huh. I really the past Christmas, I took like uh, a, a 16 mil camera and I just 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 burned some film. Yeah, I just like yeah, okay, I have to do this, and I I did it, you know. And I just when I did my accounting in the end, I was like, oh my god, I spent so much money, you know. And then it's just like <laughs> that's why I'm not a producer. I do the accounting in the end, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Oops, we're way over budget. <laughs> uh, it was like oh shit. Okay, but so I just um, sadly I don't put that much uh, work into it but i do have a few things you know on my list that that you know that they're being developed developed along the way yeah for me uh, i guess especially since um like you said everything is kind of slowed down people aren't working as much uh, projects are coming and going mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the passion projects have become i guess a highlight of my life uh having the time um whether it's on purpose or not to to dream up all these concepts that are always swirling around in your head, but you never really have a moment to sit down and say, you know what, let's actually, you know, let's crack on with this. Let's really dive deep into it. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually shooting a sci-fi, hopefully soon, fingers crossed, uh, which would be my first narrative in a while, but nice. I never would have been able to do that if it weren't for the pandemic, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never would have been able to stop and say, "Hey, you know, let's, you know, let's let's address this for a moment." Um, so I guess, I guess for me, passion projects are a really good good way to one practice uh, without the constraints of time and budget most of the time, uh, but also to see what I want to do. There's nothing mm -hmm. more for me anyway, more more fun than like coming up with an idea, going out, making it, uh, putting it out, and then after that, I'm like, hmm. I either really liked it or I really didn't like it or it's something in between and I probably won't ever have to do it again. But it's yeah, part yeah, of yeah. like figuring out uh, what my next steps are. That's incredible. I mean, uh, let me just say it. It's like, I, I just, I'm so happy like how things also, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, just people really kind of managed to find stuff, you know, that they really want to do. Like there's, there's, there's stories, as I talk to people, you know, that I haven't been talking a yeah. lot, you know, there's like people opening new businesses while there were freelancers in the film industry. They're, oh, I'm thinking about this. And then you're telling this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had like a, a friend of mine that actually lived in, in Amsterdam for a while. And he just, he's a DJ and he started to like composing for film as well. So it's just like, you know, right. like you do need to go around and um i did i did have a holiday so uh i just didn't think about oh, much but yeah. but i'm i mean yeah, yeah it was yeah. a choice uh, also having a kid it just just uh, you know sometimes it just you just want just want to have a break yeah yeah let's let's talk about balance actually because uh you said you have a little girl and you have to balance things a little bit how do you f how, how let's say pre-covid 
because that's when things were normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, how do you balance work and life uh, as a DP? Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, when I talk to many of my DP friends, they're always busy. I think you guys are probably the most busiest because you're in such high demand, right? There's always something to shoot and there always needs to be someone doing the shooting. How you? How do you manage that? Managing work and family is just like probably the most difficult thing you know, I've been finding, and it's actually what I've been growing the most as, you know, as a, as a person. But I would say, like, being a DP and having a family, and I read this a while ago, before, you know, before film school, a while ago, and I yeah. agree, which is, like, you need to have, like, a very, very understanding partner. And me and my partner, we're still, like, together, and we, you know, we have Eva, our four-year-old daughter, and, you uh-huh. know, I, I work a lot away and that's like, it's, it's on her, you know, on her and the rest of the family, and yeah. our parents, but they're not yeah. always so present. So it's like, it's like big, big, big props to, you know, to my partner, uh, to Andrea. She's really, you know, takes a lot of the work at home because I'm just away, you know? So yeah. that's, that's like, that's it. When I'm here and when I'm trying to prep and recce and everything, I'm just trying to, trying to you know, get to work while, while, while Eva is in school, in preschool. Yeah. So, yeah. and if I can't, you know, it's just like, I just, I, I'm not at home. I have, I had until the pandemic, I had like a small office that I just managed to replicate at home, you know, in the corner, my small yeah. corner when I do my man cave, uh, nice know, Bluetooth Very important. headphones, <laughs> like, yeah. Like noise canceling, like headphones, like, um, yeah, but yeah. But it's difficult. Work in family is difficult. Work uh, between between work, it's like it's it's you know when you have a lot of work, it's stressing, but it's fun, you know. And you, you yeah. can moan a little. There's like a little that oh, I don't have a weekend for such a long time. But it's just like it's literally it's literally a very fun job to do. So it's it's you know fingers crossed that you know us as cinematographers are always busy and you know jumping between cool projects because we do work with a lot of directors. Dude, this has been fun. Thank you very much. Cool, man. It was like such a great fun to be, you know, uh, invited by you. You're, as I said, great communicators. Like you posed me some very good questions. And for people listening, where can they find your work? So my Instagram, Bruno DOP, uh, or my website, BrunoGrilloDOP.com. That's very creative. Yeah. And then my Vimeo. So that was episode four of the Concept4 podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm always learning something new from talking to people uh, in the field, uh, whether it's a cinematographer or uh, in episode one, I talked to Stefano, who's a composer. Uh, there's always something cool to take away, whether it's a, a piece of practical information or something, uh, something about life. And that's why I really love this format. And if you guys like these episodes or you like anything that's going on, then please leave a comment on iTunes or follow me on your favorite platform for listening to podcasts. It would be very much appreciated. And as well, if you know of any guests that you think might be good for the podcast, then drop me an email on my website or on social media and I'll try and respond as best I can. Peace.